Jeremy Nell on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Jim Warfare at tntradio.live. That's my email address. Thank you to all those people who do send me emails. And a special thank you, as always, to those who uh, let me know where in the world they are. My name is Jim. This is Jim Warfare, the Battle of Ideas. Tom Compton, thank you for joining me in the trenches. Well, thank you, Jeremy. It's a pleasure. I really love your work. Well, thank you so much. Uh, it, uh, this is a very complicated topic, uh, and um, it's very easy for it to go downhill very quickly. And I think that's why I'm chatting to you, because we want to get some clarity on Christian Zionism. What is it? Well, that's yeah, you're right. It is a very broad uh, subject, Jeremy. And I guess I've lived through... Uh, uh, I've been in a transition, actually. Uh, I'm a follower of Christ. Um, I, I don't like to say uh, I'm a Christian because, as Gandhi once said, uh, I love your Christ. I don't love your Christians. They don't act like Christ. And so we've seen that uh, this, this notion of Christian Zionism. What is it? The, I guess the, the question is, what is it uh, broadly? It's a form of a relatively new um, theology of Christianity, less than 150 years. It's called dispensationalism. And rather than getting into all the nuts and bolts, I would recommend to your audience that they go to our website, whtt.org, and watch our award-winning program, video is only 28 minutes it's called christian zionism the tragedy <clears throat> and the turning part one and it'll get into some more of the details that we can't get in here today but uh the uh we developed a uh, our little group called we hold these truths developed a litmus test and anybody that's listening can talk to a christian whether they're a christian or not and ask this this very simple question of a of a christian do you believe that the modern state of israel is a fulfillment of biblical prophecy and you can tell within probably a nanosecond how they answer that question if they say yes 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 and start to levitate off the floor then you probably won't get too far with them because this is one of the the, the strong tenets of Christian Zionism is that this belief in the modern state of Israel is this fulfillment of biblical prophecy. And it has to do with end times eschatology. Eschatology is the study of end times. And it is a spectrum of, of belief. So, for example, my, my dear wife uh, passed away almost seven, about seven years ago was a dispensationalist. She uh, quit her job and uh, went to a, a, a small dispensational uh, Bible college in, in Dallas, uh, Texas. And, uh, you know, so when I married her, I didn't even know what dispensationalism was. I mean, I, I wouldn't have known the difference between dispensationalism and Pez uh, dispenser. And for folks that aren't in America, Pez was a little tiny a candy dispenser. They were square dispenser, and you open the lid like a cigarette lighter, and a candy would come out. But anyway, that's a bad joke. Um, uh, so <laughs> the, the the spectrum at the extreme end are people like uh, John Hagee from Cornerstone Church, 
he started a, a group called Christians United for Israel, which was uh, actually started by Israel. It's a lobbying uh, group for Israel. And uh, he's done things like pray for war in the name of Jesus uh, before the second Gulf War in 2003. And we've documented this in, in our work at We Hold These Truths. And we've done something quite unique in the fact that um, we started uh, doing uh, what we call vigils in front of these churches that uh, are Christian Zionist in nature. And um, it, again, it's, uh, it's, <laughs> it's very difficult. The particular church that I go to here in the Phoenix area is a independent church, Bible believing. Uh, you will not get uh, dispensational dogma or Christian not Zionist dogma from the pulpit there, but it's it's like an undertow. It's there. We've experienced it in in uh, Sunday school classes, and uh, it, it's uh, it's very subtle. And it came out here recently uh, with this attack on. Gaza, the pastor said, oh, we must pray for uh, what's going on in Israel. And yes, we should. We should pray for all the victims, whether they're Jewish or they're Palestinians. Uh, as followers of Christ, Christ uh, admonished us in the Beatitudes, blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the sons of God. So that's something that we keep in mind. And I had been asking him about his theology, and he did let it kind of slip that um, he believed that, uh, uh, you know, Jerusalem uh, in the end times would, uh, you know, a physical Jerusalem. But again, this spectrum is, is, is wide. And so people don't, it's hard to put them in, you know, extremes like a, 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 a John Hagee. You know, he just had on the 23rd of October a night to honor Israel and how extreme it is. The uh, here's a, a Christian gathering, supposedly, and he had a rabbi give the open prayer. And that rabbi said, uh, God is on the side of Israel, the Jews, and the other side is uh, on the other side. <laughs> In other words, the Palestinians are with the devil, I guess, is what he was implicating. So. Uh, the, the one of the reasons, of course, the pastor uh, doesn't want to get into, you know, these kind of debates and so forth. But one of the things I think uh, this is an exciting thing I just learned, actually, from uh, a man. He's a Jewish man, uh, Aaron Maté. And maybe many of your uh, uh, listeners may be familiar with him. Max Blumenthal of the Gray Zone. They've done amazing work. Well, uh, uh, first, I want to preface this by saying um, uh, the essence of Christianity is explained in one of Jesus's parables. And uh, I've updated this parable today, but it's the parable of the Good Samaritan. And for those not knowing, the Samaritans were hated by the Jews. Uh, they were some kind of apostate uh, form of, of Judaism. I'm not sure. But anyway, the Jews would go out of their way. They, they lived in, in, near uh, Israel and Judah. And Jesus did inter 
face with a Samaritan woman at the well. Anyway, here's what he said. This is in Luke uh, chapter um, 25 and verses 25. And I'm gonna, I want to read this parable here because I think it's important. And behold, a lawyer, lawyer stood up to put him, meaning Jesus, to the test, saying, Teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? He said to him, what is written in the law? How do you read it? And he, meaning the lawyer, answered, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and your neighbor as yourself. And he said to him, you have answered correctly. Do this and you will live. Now, but uh, the, the lawyer went on. He desiring to justify himself to Jesus said, and who is my neighbor? Jesus replied, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho, and he fell among robbers who stripped him and beat him and departed, leaving him half dead. Now by chance, a priest was going down that road. When he saw him, he passed by on the other side. So likewise, a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, as he journeyed, came to where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion. He went to him and bound up his wounds, uh, pouring on oil and wine. Then he set him on his animal and brought him to an inn and took care of him. And the next day, he took out two denarii, which was about a day's wage, and gave them to the innkeeper, saying, take care of him and Whatever more you spend, I will repay you when I come back. Which uh, of these three do you think proved to be a neighbor to the man who fell among the robbers? And the Lord replied, the one who showed him mercy. And Jesus said to him, you go and do likewise. So how does <clears throat> this connect with, um, with, with um, Aaron Mate, who is Jewish, uh, he's a Canadian, but he lives in the U.S. He works, as I said, with the gray zone. Well, on Monday, he was taking the Amtrak train to D.C. And as as uh, fate or divine providence, I might say, was he was sitting across on the train from uh, Senator Chris Coons, an ally of, of President Biden's. And so he started asking questions. And uh, here's, uh, here's a quote um, uh, from uh, his, and you need to see his, his video. He recorded this <laughs> interview, if you will, or non-interview because the Senator did not wanna hear this. In fact, he got him kicked off the train. And quote, mm -hmm. here's what, uh, Aaron said, because I am of the opinion that the U.S. is supporting a genocidal assault on Gaza, I decided to question Senator Coons about it at that moment. As a result, he was inconvenienced and awkward exchange and viral video of it. I was inconvenienced with removal from the train and an hour long wait for the next next one. The people of Gaza have no escape from the mass murder campaign that Coons and his colleagues are supporting. And of course, it's a bi bi uh, bilateral or, uh, you know, it's a, a universal acceptance by both 
the Republicans and Democrats here uh, in the uh, in the U.S. Uh, I like to say we only have one party in the U.S. It's the War Party, and the Republican and Democrat side squabble over non-life-threatening uh, issues there. But so my my update of this uh, this uh, parable, our church uh, they pay, play, prayed a few. Uh, weeks ago for what was going on. And then they took up a collection of the elders fund. Normally uh, there's about $20,000 a month that goes into the elders fund to help people in need. So they were going to direct that to aid in, um, in Israel. And um, they decided to give it to Samaritan's purse. And so this is a, 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 a interesting Christian Zionist connection because the the person that heads of this um, Samaritan's Purse is is uh, Franklin Graham, the son of the famed uh, evangelist Billy Graham, Billy Graham, who is mm-hmm. a died in the wool Christian Zionist. Do you have a question there, Jamie? Uh, <laughs> I, no, I'm ranting I, on here, but um, no, it's, it's fine. It's fine. What I want this. to do with you, Tom? Uh, yeah, just finish that, and then I'm going to jump to a break. Okay, good. Um, is the fact that here uh, we directed funds? We don't even know if they'll ever get to the uh, the, the 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 Palestinians in Gaza because uh, Franklin Graham made the comment. You know, they had all of everything in place on Israel because they've been working with, and they can't get into Gaza because Israel has blocked everything going in there. So here we have a modern day. Uh, Samaritan who's Jewish, which is kind of paradoxical, and uh, the the Levites and the uh, the priests are, were the the ruling class uh, of Judaism uh, at that time, and so uh, you could liken what we did it with our church is just throwing some money down at the uh, at the man that got robbed and so forth and walking by, but here Aaron is actually doing something about it, uh, which makes him a Jewish Samaritan. Okay, Tom, I'll be back with you in a moment. My name is Germ. This is TNT Radio. Uh, Tom, so we're talking about Christian Zionism, and it is a bit of an enigma of sorts. I'm trying to figure out why it exists. Uh, it's been around, what, for a century or so, as you as you pointed out, and it's I can understand a Jewish Zionism. Christian Zionism seems to be aligned with uh, evangelical Christians, uh, very much with the neo-conservative right wing in the United States. Where, where do you think it comes from? I mean, it's it's not just uh, uh, moderate support; it's very, very extreme support. Yes, you're right, Jeremy. It is. It's a promoted religion. Actually, uh, it was promoted through the Scofield Reference Bible that was published by Oxford Press in 1909. Uh, Oxford had never published a religious book, or let alone an American. C.I. Schofield was a scoundrel, and there is very good evidence that uh, the early Zionists, particularly uh, Samuel Untermeyer, who was a very wealthy lawyer, in a uh, very influential lawyer in New York, uh, supported uh, Schofield, when he wrote the notes, he basically used the uh, the King James version of the Bible, and he wrote notes. 
And this was then promoted through evangelical seminaries around the country. So this is why it is a phenomena in the evangelical churches. Uh, for example, uh, a few years ago at a film showing called Open Bethlehem, I happened to meet the uh, uh, Bishop of, of Phoenix. And I asked him our question, do you believe the modern state of Israel is the fulfillment of biblical prophecy? And he said, well, many Jews believe that, you know, so it's not mm -hmm. even in their, their lexicon of theology, if you will. So it's so deeply ingrained, Jeremy. Uh, I, I can, uh, I'll give you just some recent examples uh, that, uh, of course, Americans have lost their capacity to critically think about any issue. You know, this is yes. well documented in a, a book written in 1985, Amusing Ourselves to Death by um, a, a man named, uh, his name escapes me right now. But uh, anyway, um, the, the last week I was in a Bible study. Uh, and before the, uh, the study started, one of my friends who was baptized at this uh, evangelical church um, asked me what I thought of what was going on in Gaza. And I, you know, I, I said I was just grieved by the, the loss of lives there. Uh, there were over 3,000 yeah. children uh, that had been murdered by this retribution by uh, Israel. And he said to me, all these Palestinians need to be killed. How does that fit in with love your neighbor yourself? Bless are the peacemakers. It's so rooted. I was at a, a second example. I was at a potluck, a vegan potluck this past Sunday. And I knew I was going to be in for trouble because there was a Israeli flag in front of the door. So I had to walk through the, the Israeli flag to get in. And I happened to be wearing my Pray for Gaza t-shirt that I had uh, worn to church earlier that morning. And uh, they they said they wanted to uh, talk about the situation. Well, that, that didn't get, that didn't happen. And as um, I think you've pointed out in, in your recent article about uh, Jesus was not a Jew, which is quite remarkable mm -hmm. when I commend you for <laughs> for doing this it's it's quite something but um anyway uh, they uh they do what they do is slander they said well obviously i did not know uh, anything about the history of what's going on there i spent a month in our savior's birthplace uh, uh bethlehem palestine back in 2017 uh with a christian organization but we got to hear both sides of the the uh the issue there and traveled uh, throughout Israel. It was quite remarkable. I had a lot of head knowledge when I went there, but I came back with a, a lot of heart knowledge. I got to worship at two small evangelical churches there. It's this, so it's a hard question again, how does it stick so deep? It is, it, it's a fundamental uh, belief. It's almost like if they don't believe that the modern state of Israel is the fulfillment of biblical prophecy. They're going to lose their uh, salvation. I mean, it's almost like that. Another example um, how tightly this is held. My wife, as I said, went to a dispensational college uh, in in uh, a Bible college in Dallas, Texas. 
And she taught Bible studies for 18 years before she passed away in 2016. And 50 of those Bible studies were with a group called Precepts Ministries, headed by a woman named Kay Arthur. And uh, uh, several years before my wife passed away, she told me she was no longer going to teach those lessons from Kay Arthur because she had sympathy for what our little ministry was doing and challenging Christian Zionism. She had compassion, just like Aaron Mate has for, for the Gallus, you know, here a Jewish man for, for the Palestinians, what's happening to them in Gaza. And the reason she stopped uh, teaching these courses was because Kay Arthur is a dyed-in-the-wool Christian Zionist. She basically has said that the, uh, God gave the land to Jews and that the Palestinians don't even have a right to live in, um, uh, in uh, Palestine. So that's the extreme. And, and so this uh, is it's very subtle. Uh, I, as I say in our church, it's an undertow of, of belief. And uh, just like this encounter on on Sunday, you can't rationalize but, with these people. It's very difficult to come out of this Tom, belief system. Sorry for jumping in, but you're right. It is very, very um, almost cult-like. It and it, it's something that confuses me. It's a, it's a bit enigmatic, um, and I'm wondering if it also is perhaps related to. The fact that uh, we have been drummed with this idea, drummed in with this idea that uh, Israel is God's chosen land, but it, there does there does seem to be, in my opinion, uh, a type of ignorance with the modern state of Israel versus the biblical Israel. They're not the same thing, and 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 this is what people I think perhaps are. Are, yeah. are misunderstanding. The modern state of Israel is not even, well, just over 100 years old, or more or less, or about 100 years old, and it was created artificially by the Rothschilds and the United Nations and Balfour and a few yeah. others. This is not the biblical Israel. Well, yeah, I I agree, and it's, um, uh, it, yeah, it's, it's, it's really quite, <laughs> it is, it's amazing. It, uh, it's so ingrained in people, uh, like I said, that, um, you know, uh, it, it, you're right, it doesn't compute. And it is very hard for people to come out of it. I mean, my wife uh, was an exception, and people do come out of uh, Christian Zionism belief if they're willing to engage. Again, as I've said, you know, we've lost our capacity to critically think on any issue and uh, television and now the dumb phones have reinforced this notion. And so if you in a conversation, you're going to be lost after 30 seconds with most people. And so the idea I'd like to, you know, here's a, a, a comment that I'd like to make. I don't know who said this, but it's it's really value valuable. We must always be willing to truly consider evidence that contradicts our beliefs and admit that we may be wrong. Intelligence isn't knowing everything. It's the ability to challenge, challenge everything you know. 
And I, I think uh, that's what we have to look at, at, at this to engage people. Uh, uh, you know, unfortunately, people come out of Christian Zionism only one at a time. It was a process for my wife to understand that probably 99% of what this precepts ministries was, was good, but we all know that rat poisoning contains a very small percentage of poison, you know? So there's a lot of truth in what this, it's not to say that they're totally wrong, one of the things that um, that throws people off is is Genesis twelve three to eleven uh, to seven that God gave the land in perpetuity to um, to the the Jews and of course the Jews today aren't necessarily related to the ancient Israelites and anyway in Galatians Paul who was a Pharisee that got converted uh, blinded on the road to Damascus. In his book, Galatians, in chapter 3, he said that in verse 16 that the seed of Abraham was not many. That seed was one. That was Jesus Christ. So um, it, it, we're, there's neither new, neither um, young or old, uh, Jew nor Greek. Um, we're all in uh, Abraham's seed. And so... Again, this was makes this whole thing so complicated. I challenged our pastor. He's actually, actually in Galatians, and he just started chapter 3. So I challenged him to uh, make this connection <laughs> with this widely held belief in, in uh, Genesis uh, 12 uh, about the land be given in perpetuity. There were conditions, and the ultimate... Uh, 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 sacrifice was provided by uh, Jesus on the cross. Uh, they had a sacrificial system that uh, was insufficient. And there are people, including Christian Zionists, that are ready to rebuild the temple uh, on the Temple Mount in uh, Al-Aqsa, which is Jerusalem, and, uh, and start sacrificing again. But there's no need for a sacrifice. So you know, it is. It's just. It's. It's very, very difficult for people to comprehend this. Did that make any sense, Jeremy? Yes, uh, but the thing is, I, I don't know if this conversation is going to change too many people's minds. And the reason is not because of what you're saying, but I think people will always believe what people will always believe, um, and and that's the point that I was making earlier with this yeah. this weird dogmatic position that people have regarding uh, Christian Zionism. I mean, well, I say people, but I mean Christians and in that particular evangelical um, category. It's it's very strange to me how they're not even uh, reasonable. I mean, I've had conversations with, with many of them and there isn't a sense of of understanding the other side. It's just, it's just uh, Israel, 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 and it doesn't matter that there are 10, 11,000 Palestinians being killed. And they're not all, you know, that 10, 11, 12,000 that's been killed, they're not all terrorists. You know, these are people too. I mean, a yeah. mother, a mother with her baby uh, doesn't deserve to be hit by a missile, whether she's Palestinian or Israeli. Yeah. Absolutely, Jeremy. Uh, our little group has done probably 200 vigils in front of these churches. So, 
I've probably been to at least 75. I've done two one-man vigils. We hold up signs like choose life, not war. Um, the evangelicals are uniformly uh, against abortion, but they support these wars. And so, you know, not only the religious side of the, the cohesion, but the patriotism. So, for example, there's a pastor in uh, St. Paul, Minnesota. His name is Greg Boyd. In 2004, he had a congregation of about 5,000 people. He did a series entitled The Cross and the Sword. And uh, in that, the thesis of it, um, we as citizens of our country, the United States, are under the civil authority of our government, and uh, they wield the sword. As followers of Jesus Christ, we're under his authority. But what so many of the evangelicals have done is weld the cross to the sword. And so they support these wars, particularly in the Middle East, to support Israel, somehow thinking that end times will come sooner. And um, so you have this notion of patriotism slash nationalism. As a result of his, you know, that's a fairly liberal area in uh, 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 Minnesota. Uh, and, you know, anti-war and all that kind of stuff. Well, 20 percent, a thousand people left the congregation because they could not accept that message. So that even, you know, um, makes <laughs> makes this issue even more complicated. We found, though, we challenged these churches. We were looking for the thinking people. There are people that come out. For example, our founder, Chuck Carlson, did a vigil. I, I had been there earlier in uh, Washington, D.C. for a thing called Occupy APAC. And uh, he came back for, for uh, a, 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 he was asked to speak to some Muslims, but he, he did a vigil with one other man in front of a big mega church uh, in McLean, uh, 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 Virginia. And two, two men came out to help the signs, one of the signs, no more wars. Uh, for Israel, another sign, who would Jesus bomb? And it turns out these two men were former uh, military. And, uh, you know, they, the, the, the who would Jesus bomb struck with them. In fact, the, the one man said, well, uh, he had tattoos on, uh, on himself. And he said, I'm going to get a tattoo, <laughs> who would Jesus bomb? So, uh, sometime later, a couple of years later, we found him on LinkedIn, connected up. And I've got a story about that and a picture of him with a bomb on his forearm and uh, Matthew 5, 9. Well, that's blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the sons of God. So did we affect somebody? Yes. And, uh, you know, we're not going to do mass conversions because uh, we don't have the power and so the point is to talk to people about these things. You know, everybody has a hot question. I've always been a guy that wants to lecture people and to give them the facts. Well, that doesn't work. You've got to find people's hot, bus, hot buttons and ask them. So, you know, is it, is it okay to kill innocent children? Uh, what about innocent women? You know, so... Uh, you may have to segue into a conversation with these kinds of, of notions. Mm. Tom, uh, I'll be back with you in a moment. I'm just quickly going to jump to a break. My name is Jerm. This is TNT Radio. Tom, we're busy chatting about Christian Zionism. And 
I think one of the one of the reasons, and I don't have I don't have too many um, arguments for or against this, but I think one of the reasons that so many Christian Zionists are Christian Zionists is probably a result of upbringing, uh, training, propaganda, indoctrination. Um, I remember when I was growing up and I went to Sunday school, um, I was constantly told about um, uh, the Jews are the chosen people and Christians are saved by grace. That was that was something that I was you know told my whole life, and and I think that there is perhaps this 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 desire not to um, sway from from one's intrinsic inherent belief and. The idea that if you are critical of the Israeli government, you are, you know, you are no longer a Christian, or you are violating some sort of uh, biblical um, camaraderie, you know, that 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 you that you shouldn't you shouldn't be violating, you know. But I think what people probably should do—I don't know if you agree with me—is that maybe go back to the history of Israel and just. Go and study it for yourself. You know, um, don't just go by what the media says. Uh, stop listening to CNN. I mean, CNN is openly saying that um, that the, that that Muslims are the enemy. They lit- literally said it. Yes. I, a CNN reporter said a few days ago at a rally. You know, st- take a stand against Muslims. Those were his words. And I mean, this is this is profoundly concerning. I mean, I don't think at, at all that the, you know this is where the world should be heading. Well, you're absolutely right. It is it is conditioning. Uh, we you know we're conditioned to be patriotic. You know, I've always been a you know I love my country. I I fear my government what they're doing. And so, uh, for example, well, we got involved uh, with with our uh, ministry when our founder went into Gaza in 2002, March of 2002. To visit some missionaries there. Yes, there are Christians still in Gaza to this day, believe it or not, maybe only a thousand. And uh, anyway, uh, he he was spent a number of days there, talked with uh, many people there, Muslims, talked to some college students, and he actually videotaped a rocket attack where he was uh, uh, staying at a Southern Baptist uh, building. They were coming and pulling out of uh, Gaza. And uh, four, uh, there was an Apache helicopter uh, hovering above them, shot missiles. It killed four Palestinians and wounded 40. And the only way people knew about it is when he came back in, to the United States and talked about it. There wasn't much coverage uh, then about that. So uh, we uh, fast forward to... Um, uh, to the end of to near the end of uh, 2002 October, there's a man named uh, Richard Land. He was the president of of the Ethics and Religious Liberty Commission of the Southern Baptist Convention, uh, the largest uh, evangelical, I think, uh, denomination in the U.S. It had about 20 million uh, followers at the time, and this notion of Christian Zionism is held by some, they estimate 40 to 70 million American evangelical Christians. But anyway, this Richard Land uh, wrote a letter to George Bush. This was in October of 2002, 
And it was signed by some prominent evangelical Christians like D. James Kennedy of Coral Ridge Ministries, Chuck Colson of uh, Prison Fellowship and Bill Bright of Campus Crusade. And the letter said that going to war against Iraq and Afghanistan or uh, Iraq and Saddam Hussein would be a just war by their interpretation of the Bible. Well, Chuck didn't believe that. We didn't believe that. And uh, just a few weeks later, we started our vigil in front of a, um, a Southern Baptist church here in Scottsdale, Arizona, and uh, have, have been, you know, been doing these uh, vigils and challenging people. Uh, have we been successful? I don't know. Uh, we have 500 and some podcasts uh, that go around the world. Uh, we don't know how people are influenced. Here in the last several months, for some reason, we've had about 250 downloads of our programs from United Arab immigrants. They don't even speak English there. You know, so what they're doing with this, we don't know. We don't know how we influence people, but we need to speak truth and we need to speak it gently to people and ask more questions. Look, we've got maybe another eight minutes or so. Um, so I think I want to ask you perhaps something um, a little bit more uh, silver lining based. Do you okay. do you have hope for for where things are going? I mean, do you do you foresee an increase in Christian Zionism, or do you think that um, it's it's going to uh, fizzle out? I I think it will fizzle out. You know, I believe uh, I'm, as I said, I'm a follower of Christ. I'm not sure about end times. There's such a debate. As I told our senior pastor, I don't care what your end times theology is, as long as you don't ignore the suffering of others. And that's what's happened. I mean, with my 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 fellow Christian telling me we need to kill all the Palestinians. Uh, I mean, that's 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 craziness. And mm. um, it's you know you can't even comprehend. Uh, anybody's saying that but i i see hope yes god is in control we don't understand um i like the notion of our senior pastor said that when man with a finite mind tries to understand the infinite mind of god there's a lot of spillage now a lot of christians don't think there's any smellage because spillage because they they think they're as smart as god and so they don't they don't uh, budge from their theology. Now, you know, Joe Sixpack in the pew, you know, he's going to do what's comfortable. He doesn't want to challenge, you know, so holding on to his beliefs like you were indoctrinated. I wasn't uh, in that era. I, you know, I looked at Israel as a uh, Marxist showplace in the Middle East. I had no concept about what was happening to the Palestinians until about 20 some years ago uh, when we started getting into this issue. So I was uh, woefully uh, didn't know what was going on. I didn't know about the Nakba where 750,000 Palestinians were forced out of their homes. 500 of the villages were destroyed in 1948. So, you know, I've, I've learned some of that history there. And um, yeah, it's, it's um, I, I think there's hope. You know, uh, God's in control. We don't understand it. Uh, I, 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 I'm just a, you know, a, a mortal man. I make mistakes. 
Uh, I've been deceived uh, on many issues throughout my life. And, uh, you know, God gives us grace. And uh, hopefully uh, people like my friend, uh, if I work on him again, maybe he'll maybe he'll see what the error is. But again, it's you know, it's the we're railing against these Christian mega leaders that mm. people are following. We all look to leaders to follow them. We want somebody to believe in. So if a John Hagee, who has like a 20,000 person uh, uh, mega church in Cornerstone uh, in San Antonio, Texas, you know, he's very charismatic. We actually have been to uh, his church and held a, a, a vigil in front of it. There were like nine people. <laughs> you know, this has been uh, well over 10 years ago. So, um, you know, I, I think it is. And the sad thing is what Israel is doing is committing national suicide. You saw that with uh, the COVID narrative. One of my heroes is, is Dr. Vladimir Zelenko, who was a Orthodox Jewish MD that developed early protocols for treating uh, COVID-19 patients. He treated over 6,000 people with these early protocols, even uh, President Trump in 2020, or I think in April, March or something, uh, took his uh, protocols. He was um, lost his job at, as, at the clinic or hospital where he was in Monroe, uh, New York. He went to Israel, met with their um, uh, minister of, of uh, health, he even talked to Bibi Netanyahu, did a a, um, a, a was it went to a rabbinical court in Jerusalem and warned them against doing uh, mass vaccinations. They're, Israel is one of the most vaccinated countries in the world. So, um, you know, people like him, he unfortunately passed away a little over a year ago from cancer at the age of 48. You know, he was a Zionist. He cared about yeah. Israel. And yeah. so, um, it, it, yeah, it's uh, that uh, throws in. I just mix. want to add to that. Sorry for jumping in. We are starting to run out of time, Tom. But just on that, what I have found very strange um, is, as you correctly pointed out, Israel is one of the most vaccinated countries in the world. I didn't see all these same Christian Zionists and other Zionists uh, going uh, in the same way that they've been going over the last month or two. Um, I mean, the, the the Israeli government was mandating, right, a toxic inject, injection into millions of its own citizens. Where were the where were the protests? Why was nobody uh, going after the Israeli government? Suddenly, they the the Israeli government is uh, bombing its neighbor, and now suddenly uh, it's fine, and we can support the Israeli government, but. Where was the criticism when it was injecting millions of its own citizens? Well, that's that's true. But you look at uh, our evangelical church was closed for a while during COVID. You know why why should we uh, why should we have done that? I went to a small, the first Arabic Baptist church uh, in during uh, 2020. Uh, a friend of mine 
Pastor Jamal Bashara was from Nazareth. He's, he was an Israeli citizen. He was a real man of God. He passed away from cancer at the age of 62. And, you know, he held his, in his small church, and he held his services. You could wear a mask. You didn't have to wear a mask. You know, he didn't care. We were there. And, uh, you know, that should have been. So, uh, you know, these evangelical Christians, to one extent or another, accepted the narrative that was provided by the government. So that kind of explains that they've been, and even even Palestinians, a man that I greatly admire, uh, said when I was on a trip here, he, he lives, he, he was a, um, a geneticist taught at uh, Yale and uh, at uh, uh, Duke, and he moved back to, to, to Bethlehem where he's from. He started an institute of biodiversity and, and sustainability at the University of uh, Bethlehem. And uh, he said in a tour here, uh, when somebody asked him a question, uh, asked him about uh, the uh, vaccinations, well, he said the Ministry of uh, Health there gave him the outdated vaccines and they complained and, and to get the right ones. So, I mean, there's deceptions on all sides. So I think that's mm. true of, of Christians here in the U.S. <laughs> well, I mean, thankfully, I live in a country with one of the lowest uh, vaccination rates in the world um, and I, I have lots of uh, theories about that, but that's for another day. Uh, okay, we are now into the final lap here. So, uh, okay, tell me, how can I uh, find out more about about your organization? Well, go to whtt.org. We hold these truths.org. And we have a wealth of information. As I said earlier on, go look at our uh, award-winning documentary. We won an international award at the Amar Popular Film Festival in Tehran, Iran in 2014. Those crazy Iranians don't want American bombs. And what we're seeing now is, it, it, I mean, this could be disastrous if this goes beyond the Hezbollah's responding uh, to Israel. This could go out of control here. And so we need some sanity. We don't seem to have any sanity uh, in our Congress. They pass a resolution, only 10 Congress uh, critters uh, voted no to you know, giving our unconditional support uh, for Israel. The new Speaker of the House, one of his things is to get, give Israel 14 billion more dollars above the 3.8 and whatever we all give. And, you know, so it, it, we just have to push back and, you know, thank God for more Jewish people that are pushing back. I mean, there's several mm. hundred that got ar arrested in um, uh, Central Station in New York that were protesting what was going on. So that's where we need to join together. We may have differences of opinion on the issue of abortion or whatever, but on the issue of war and killing, we should be united and protecting innocent life, I think is so utterly important yeah tom compton thank you so much uh for joining me in the trenches thank you uh, jamie jeremy excuse me <laughs> <laughs> i just want to point out uh as a disclaimer to this conversation and i'm sure you'll agree with me uh tom that 
when we speak about Christian Zionism and our critiques thereof, this is not about uh, disliking or hating anybody. This is not about uh, disliking or hating Israelis. This is a no. critique of this is a critique of an ideological position. Uh, this is a critique often of the Israeli government. This is yes. not about the Israeli citizens themselves. There are all sorts of Israeli citizens from obviously majority Jews, but also Christians and Muslims and other types of people who are Israelis. Yes. And a lot, a lot of them do not like what's going on. So when I critique uh, the Israel, I'm critiquing the Israeli government, and not, not at all the people themselves. I just want to point that out because uh, there's always this, this, this knee-jerk reaction to, to, uh, to a critique of Israel. Um, and, 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 and Christian Zionists are very guilty of this uh, too, I have found. So I just, I needed just to make that clear. But anyway, yeah, Tom, thank you the, so much for... Yes, that's very great. And uh, I would recommend, you know, the Israelis yep. are conditioned to, there's a, you can get this online, it's called Defamation. It's done by an Israeli yep. Jew. It's quite an amazing uh, documentary. All right, Tom, we are out of time, but I do appreciate your time. Thank you for joining me. Thank you, Alex, uh, for, for, for keeping things going. Uh, jump into the live chat as always, but please do send me a mail. Let me know what you thought. Warfare at tntradio.live. Uh, give me feedback. Uh, give me ideas for talking points. Uh, give me criticism if you want. Uh, disagree. Engage in the battle of ideas. That's what that's what I do. I engage in the battle of ideas, and they are often uh, a quote unquote controversial. Um, but I think you know. We've we've reached this weird point in in human history where we become this this generation of cupcakes. You know, we are offended by everything. We can't speak about anything. We must we must keep quiet. How dare you? You know, how dare you talk about that? And I think Socrates and Plato and the ancient Greeks would be turning in their graves if if they saw how unbelievably fragile we become. Please engage in in these conversations and and. I will catch you tomorrow. My name is Jim. This is Jim Warfare, the Battle of Ideas. Mm-hmm.